So verse 7, it says, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Wait a minute. You guys know where she is? Why haven't you done something about it? Why isn't she dead? The Mosaic Law says a, a woman, anybody, a, a warlock, a witch, a whatever, they need to be put to death. All exclaiming, Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. At this point of Saul's reign, he was about to enter into another battle with the Philistines. He attempted to inquire of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him. So Saul said to his men, Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. It wasn't easy to find a medium in the land of Israel because Saul himself had previously put them out of the land. So his staff suggested a woman in the city of Endor. As Saul sought the medium, he brought upon himself a curse. God said in Leviticus 20, verse 6, And the person who turns after mediums and familiar spirits to prostitute himself with them, I will set my face against that person and cut him off from his people. Now let's join Pastor Rob. God can speak the end from the beginning. He knows all things. He writes it in advance. That's all the demons know. They know about as much as we do. But God gives us even more, doesn't he? What does it say in Leviticus? A man or a woman, uh, in Leviticus 20, verse 27, a man or a woman who is a medium or who has a familiar spirit shall surely be driven out of town like Saul did? No, they shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. I think that's pretty clear, don't you? In Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 through 14, when you come into the land, the Lord says, that the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall be no more found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or one who practices witchcraft, a soothsayer, or one who interprets omens, one or a, who is a sorcerer, one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all these things are an abomination to the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. That's why God called the Israelites when they came out of Egypt. The iniquity of the Amorites was not yet fall. When, when, when it came to the point where it's like, okay, God's thinking, I, I can't take this anymore. I've given them a couple hundred years to turn from this stuff that they're doing. But now is the time I have to judge. And he used his own people to be the hammer of his judgment against the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Hittites. He used them. He says, go in there and kill everything, everyone, everything. Wipe it all out. I don't want to have any part of it anymore. And what about we have astrologers and astrologists today? 
Don't confuse an astrologer with astronomy. Astronomy is fine and good. You study the stars, but an astrologist actually puts horoscopes together. Are you one who is into horoscopes, into palm readers and psychics? I remember a couple years ago, we were in, um, actually it's been more than a couple years, we were in Key West with my family, vacationing. And the place is like Sodom and Gomorrah. It really is. On every corner, there is a, there's people, I mean, you name it, anything and everything goes. It is a circus, a moral, an immoral circus. It's crazy. People are walking around high, on drugs, drunk, people all over each other, homosexuals all over each other, heterosexuals all over each other. Notice I included both of those. I'm not just like picking on the one thing. It's all sin, right? Everybody got that? Right? (laughs) But do you dabble in these kinds of things as a Christian? Are you looking into this stuff? Do you dabble with Ouija boards? Probably none of you in this room. But I remember when I was a kid, I tried it once. Do you consult palm readers and psychics? A true child of God should not entertain any of this stuff. Because God forbids it. And why is it? Because he just doesn't want you to have fun? No, he knows that you will be deceived. Because think about what happens when that familiar spirit, that demon, is able to tell, is able to um, be possessed by a medium, and a client comes in and wants to know about Aunt Frida. And that demon knows Aunt Frida. That demon has studied her and her ancestors, knows exactly everything about her. What do you want to know? What was the last thing she wore? Well, she wore that ribbon, that yellow ribbon in her hair before you said, oh, it's true. It's true. And then all it takes is for that demon to say, well, if you really loved Aunt Frida, Aunt Frida's got something that she wants you to do. You need to take care of one of her enemies because she ripped her off and you need to go and take care of business. You know, you get my point. So people get deceived and God knows that because the, the devil never wants to just tell you facts that you already know. He gets you in, and the next thing you know, he's got you. And then he wants you to do stuff. That's why it's bad. In addition to destroying your relationship with the Lord. <laughs> you get my point. So, verse 4, The Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. And so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. And this place... Shunem is actually just a little bit southwest of the hill of Moray, uh, not too far away from Endor, where we we see this witch that um, Saul is going to um, communicate with. Uh, This place, Shunem, is just east of Megiddo, right there in the Valley of Jezreel. When we go to Israel, we drive all around this area, and you'll actually see the places that we're talking about now and it's really interesting to go to Mount, you know, we drive right by Mount Tabor where this battle occurred that we're going to be reading about here in a few moments. So verse 5, it says, when Saul saw the armies of the Philistines, he was very afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And I think about what a horrible predicament it is for any man, especially Saul, who has been rejected by God, uh, who has rejected God and God has rejected him. And now he's up against this huge army, this huge battle he's about to go into. And he doesn't have Samuel, he doesn't have anybody, and he's scared to death. And so it says, when Saul inquired, verse 6, of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him. Wow, that doesn't sound like the Lord. You know what? Sometimes it is. <laughs> when you reject him, 
long enough, he will reject you. It doesn't mean that's the end of you, because I really believe, even at this moment, I believe that if Saul was to fall on his face and say, God, I am done with my shenanigans, I think things would have been completely different. But it didn't. Saul continued in his aberrations. He continued in his sin, in his rebellion, his hatred against David. And so, verse 6, when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord didn't hear him. You know, the Bible says in in 1 Samuel 15, verse 23, um, it says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. And he says, Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, Samuel says to Saul, He has also rejected you from being king. You've rejected God, he is going to reject you. Now, is that true for every single person? Obviously not, but there is a line, and that's where we have to be careful. And there's no easy way to say God always does this, because he doesn't always do this. Sometimes he does things a little differently, but everything is different. He knows how far you've got to go. He knows your heart better than you do. Do you know your own heart? I don't know my own heart, but God knows what it's going to take to break me. And if I don't respond... He knows in his heart of hearts, because he knows all things, he knows that Rob is not going to recover from this. He knows that. I don't know that, but he knows it. And before he does any further damage to himself or anyone else, I'm going to have to take him. (laughs) That's a scary thing about God. But we see it happen. And I don't ever want to play games with God. Do you want to play games with God? Isn't it better just to be honest and and obey him and and not to be in rebellion like Saul was? In Proverbs 15, 29, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. In Proverbs 28, verse 9, One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. That's a really scary thing. Psalm 66, verse 18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the psalmist says, the Lord will not hear. I'm so glad that he does here. But if my life, if the tenor of my life is rebellion, God has every right to say, I'm not going to speak to you for a while. Or I may not speak to you again. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And I think Saul had gotten to that place. And God knew that. God knew that. Aren't you glad that God is a God of grace? I mean, he even is, even back at this time. But see, what we've got to understand is that God know, he knew Saul's heart. He knew his rebellion. He knew what he was continuing to do. Do you follow me? If there's any one of us in this room, because what I just read to you, those scriptures, if taken out of context, will scare the daylights out of you. And, you know, sometimes I need to be scared. I need to have the daylight scared out of me to jostle me out of my complacency. But I want to tell you this, that God is a God of love and a God of grace. He is. And if you are really worried about any of those things, and maybe there's something in your heart right now that you're wrestling with, do yourself a favor, and tonight, just go to him and just say, Father, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I've been rebelling against you. I've been doing this thing. And you know what? God will forgive you, and he will continue to love you. Because he does. That's the God we serve. But don't take that for granted don't take it too for granted. Don't take it too granted. Don't take it to, for, uh, for granted too much. I think you understand. Because why does God allow a believer? And I've seen this. A believer continues in sin, and all of a sudden, they just the Lord takes him home. 
They continue rebelling, continue rebelling. It sounds like Romans or 1 Corinthians 5, I think it is. Where he, take, he takes the home, the person, for the saving of the soul. To keep them from continuing in the rebellion. So, verse 6, it says, When the Lord inquired, Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. Notice there's three things there that God would, he would be inquired of in different ways. God would reveal his ways to people through dreams, through Urim and Thummim, which is a casting of lots, really, with, uh, with uh, two stones in the high, high priest's uh, pocket. And also the prophets. He would speak through the prophets. So verse 7, it says, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Wait a minute. You guys know where she is? Why haven't you done something about it? Why isn't she dead? The Mosaic Law says a, a woman, anybody, a, a warlock, a witch, a whatever, they need to be put to death. Oh, but we know where she is. Really? Why is that? Did you ever ask the question, how do you guys know that? <laughs> well, because we visit her every Friday at midnight. You know, I mean, makes you wonder, doesn't it? And the servant says, in fact, there is a woman who is at Endor. And unfortunately, this is the path of a man or a woman who rejects God. They are desperate for an answer because they have no hope or no direction. And when we reject God and his word and we basically are casting his counsel away from us, the only thing left then is just hopelessness and despair in dealing with the consequences of our rebellion and sin. And see, the encouragement here is to lean on the Lord and to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not just a little of it. Lord, help me to do that, to trust you with all my heart. And lean not unto my own understanding, but in all of my ways acknowledge him, and he will direct my paths. He'll direct your paths as well. I love that about the Lord. Don't you? But they all knew that there was a woman there. This place called Endor means spring of door which is a fountain of habitation is really what it means. And it's about uh, six miles southeast of, of Nazareth. In verse 8, So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went in and two men with him. And they came to the women by night and said, Please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one who I shall name to you. So Saul now, he has to disguise himself so that he's not discovered because he's the one who, who put out the spiritists and the mediums. And certainly this woman was very much aware of that because she's probably in a different place now. And notice that they came to her by night. That's when all evil deeds happen. People think that somehow God can't see through at night. You know, they can, they can hide in the bushes, you know, and, and it's really dark and nobody sees. There's no cameras. Nobody's got their phone out videoing them and they think, ha nobody knows. And God's like, the light and the darkness are the same to me. I can see everything you're doing. In fact, I know what... Let me whisper in your ear what you're going to do next. God knows I'm here. God knows what I'm up to. Yes, he does. So can you do anything in darkness and get away with it and think that you're somehow hoodwinking God, pulling the wool over his eyes? No, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. 
So the woman said to him, Look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life and cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord. Notice, he swore an oath to her by the Lord. Isn't this ridiculous? As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come to you for this thing. He was swearing an oath by the Lord to do something that was against the Lord's word. Let me repeat that again. I actually wrote it down because it's, 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 it's lunacy. Saul was swearing an oath by the Lord to do something that was against the Lord's word. Kind of a conflict of interest, wouldn't you say? (laughs) At the end of Saul's life, which we're going to get to in a couple more weeks, it's interesting. In 1 Chronicles chapter 10, One of the things it tells us there in verse 13, it says, So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord. Because, two things, he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord, therefore he killed him. There it is. He rebelled against the Lord. He he didn't keep the word of the Lord. He keep rebelling, keep rebelling, keep rebelling, never repenting, never repenting. He finally, at the apex of his lunacy, he consults this witch at Endor, swearing by the Lord, you're, nothing's going to happen to you, even though I'm breaking the Mosaic Covenant and shattering every other thing in the, in the process. Then the woman said to him, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel. And this is really hard to read because I can't imagine the turmoil of Saul's heart as he is violating everything that the Word of God has said. He's literally a walking contradiction to the Word of God. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe sometime in your, in your rebellion, you felt like you were, you just, everything you did was just wrong. You know? Those are the kind of days you just want to go home and turn off the lights and lock the door and just sit in a corner with your Bible and just cry for a few hours. You know? and, and, and that's probably not a bad thing to do. <laughs> But when you're just, everything you touch, everything you do, everything you think is just wrong. It's just wrong. And you're like, oh, God, there's nothing wrong with that. The crazy thing is, if Samuel is in heaven, and even if God allows him to speak to Saul, is Samuel's words going to differ from that of the Lord's? I mean, if, if God has rejected him, does he think he's going to go to his servant, his faithful servant, and is for his faithful servant to tell Saul, you know, everything that the Lord said that he had me say to you before about David being king, it, it's really not going to happen. That was just, uh, I don't know, I guess. I think I had something to eat the night before. It just wasn't right. No, it didn't happen. Um, God didn't mean that. He didn't mean it for that, like that. And, and, and contradicting God, do you think Samuel would, if he's seeking Samuel now, do you think Samuel's going to give him a different story? He's not, he's not going to give him a different story. Let me see here. Oh, boy. You know what? Why don't we stop there? Because if I don't, it's going to be another 15 or 20 minutes. (laughs) We'll pick up here next week. But isn't it interesting? And... um, that the very things that God was opposed to... Saul is now actively engaged in. And it's, it's important for us to think about that too. 
and to just not be rebellious against the Lord. You know, he loves every one of you. And, 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 and remember that tonight, you know, this is a, a very hard chapter and a very difficult one. And, the, and it'll be really exciting next week because um, as we finish this chapter, but this is not a, uh, not a good time for David or for Saul. Because right on the heels of this encounter, literally this encounter that Saul has with this witch at Endor, it would be the very next day, folks, the very next day that David and all the Philistines are going to be fighting against Israel. Have you, have you thought about that? It's like we know that David went to Achish, the king of the Philistines, and now he's going to help the Philistines fight against the Israelites, against Saul and his army. And it's the very next day that Saul would lose his life. And I find it interesting, too, that God in his grace, he sees David not where he should be. David was not where he should have been. He's fighting against his own people. The Lord knew something of David's heart. He knew ultimately where David was going to go. He, he had plans for David, and he knew what David was going to do. Boy, what a mystery it all is, isn't it? It's a mystery. And so you see two men just not in the right place where they should have been. And so let's be in the place where God wants us to be. And that is next to him. To be with him, to... Be in the Word every day and to be in prayer. He loves you so much. And I'm so glad He loves me too. Aren't you glad that you belong to Him? Aren't you glad that He holds you like a, a, a mother hen holds her brood under her wings and all the little chicks run underneath mama's wings and don't you dare come near mama when she's got the babies? It's like, don't go near a, a big bear in the woods when the babies are all around the mother. Just get in your little helicopter and go straight up. And hope you don't run out of gas. <laughs> right? That's the way God is. He loves you. So let's stand and let's pray. This is such a, a, rich, um, a rich history. And so much for us to learn, isn't there, in, in David's life? I love this. I'm, I'm loving this life of David. I'm, I'm going to regret when we're finally done with it because I almost want to go back again. Uh, there's so much. I feel like we're, you feel like you grow with him through these things, isn't it? Isn't it true? You just, you learn the lessons along with him. And, and that's what God is interested in. He wants you to learn the lessons through these things. And so, Father, we just thank you uh, for your word and just pray that, God, we would be, uh, open to all that you have for us. And Lord, that along with David, uh, as we read these this history and the things that he went through, his lapses of faith and his great heights of faith, Lord, we would, we would be able to grow and learn through these things too. And at the end, Lord, to know that you're not upset with us, Lord, when we struggle. It's all what we do from that, Lord. Help us to always just run into your arms, Lord, like a child would run into the arms of a father. Help us to do the same thing, Lord. 
So we thank you for this night, Lord. Please get us home safely and bless our day tomorrow, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Samuel. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.